0: the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I am your host for today. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast that has two purposes. Purpose number one, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. Purpose number two, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides you, that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation, Maria. All right. Today, we have a very special guest, Maria. How do I say your last name, Maria?
1: Zondervan.
0: Zondervan. Maria Zondervan is a highly accomplished wildlife biologist, CEO, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. After obtaining a master's degree, she embarked on a career as a wildlife biologist, saving endangered species and restoring critical habitats, all while also investing in real estate. Along with her husband, Maria built two successful Massage Envy clinics that employ over 75 people and generate over $2.5 million in business annually. Maria left her biology career after, 26, after a 26-year tenure to focus on securing a financial, financially stable future for her autistic son through commercial real estate investing. She specializes in recession-resistant assets such as affordable housing, long-term holds, and value-add apartments that help investors grow their net worth. Through her company, Blue Vikings Capital LLC, Maria helps investors achieve consistent annual returns of 12% or more. Maria is also the founder of, I'm excited about this, y'all, Valhalla Villas, a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing housing and independent living services for autistic adults. She offers investment opportunities in these communities for anyone seeking forever hold assets that they can pass on to their heirs, particularly beneficial to special needs parents who wish to ensure the financial security of their children. Maria's accomplishment demonstrates that financial gain is not only the measure, not the only measure of success. Making a positive impact on the world around us is equally important. Maria, impressive bio. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So, Maria, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you got to, and like your own words. We would love to hear your story.
1: Sure, sure. I mean, I always my passion that's been my thing throughout life so i was very passionate about saving endangered species so i became a wildlife biologist but i also was a realist and i knew that i would never make very good money working as a biologist for the state you know you're working for government agencies so you do it for the passion not for the money but i want to make sure that I'd also be able to support my family so i invested in real estate along the way i actually bought my first property while i was still in college um and then uh kind of kept doing the single family home stuff until about 2019. Um, Along the way there, I had an autistic son and that really brings home the need to provide money for him long-term as well as family in general, but um, just knowing that his income possibilities might be limited. So it helps to know you can do better by him. So I decided to, I decided I need scale bigger and go full-time into commercial real estate so I switched to that in 2019 and started buying apartment complexes and um, eventually started doing syndications.
0: Awesome. i, I like to hear um, how you got into your first property, right? And like what got you interested in real estate particularly? So can you take us through how that worked
1: out? Um, really, it was just that, that search of, you know, how am I going to make money on the side, but it can't be sucking up all my time, right? So it couldn't be another job. I needed something that you've put it in motion and then it produces money for you. So passive income is what I was after. And uh, I was really just studying late at night and one of those infomercials came on. It was Carlton Sheets, which is an old time guru. He sold uh, real estate um, courses on cassette tapes just to really age myself there. So I listened to those cassette tapes and um, learned how to do that learned how to buy properties with no money down. And that that's what got me started.
0: And you said your first property you purchased in college, like about what was your age and like, what was your mindset? Were you like, I'm going to do more of this. You wanted to buy a hundred properties. Like what was your mindset at that time?
1: I had just turned 21. I just wanted to see if this worked. Like, can you really buy nice properties with no money down? Is this a real thing? So um, it was really just let's see what happens at that point. And then once I discovered that you could, and I, I saw the potential of it, then we just kept, kept going. Um, and then it was more of every time I moved, I just kept the previous house and I moved a lot. You know, when you're new into a career, there tends to be a lot of movement. My husband was new in his career, so we're moving all around. And so every place we went, we'd buy a house, but we'd keep the old one. And we had learned to get into those houses with very little money down or no money down so we were able to just keep those rent them out and, and keep building the portfolio that way. Eventually we got to where we we're purposely buying investment properties, but at first we kind of did it that way.
0: Okay. And like, you hear that a lot in our industry, it's like, oh, can you, you can buy like a property with no money down. Like, is that true? Like, and, and like, what is like low money down really mean? Like, can you take us through like the mindset on that?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, you, we got into uh our first, we did like lease options. That was not very common back then. It's fairly common now. But basically, you you put down about what you would if you're renting a place, you're going to put down a down payment and your first loss of security is basically what you usually put down in a lease. And you kind of set it up that same way as long as you can find a willing owner, preferably somebody who's very desperate to sell fast or in some sort of situation where they don't need a whole bunch of cash right now. So if you can find sellers that aren't needing to cash everything out to buy another house or something, then uh, they could be primed for that because you might be able to offer them a little bit more money than their asking price. Say, hey, if I pay you a little bit more, will you do it under these terms?
0: Okay. Thank you for sharing that. So, what I want, uh, like, what I want our audience to see is, I want them to see the journey a little bit, right? And you kind of started. You're like, hey, I started. You started with, I guess, like residential, like single family properties, Then you transition, and you transition, and now you do it at a higher level and help people invest. So, my next uh, question or perspective that I want to hear from you is like, what made you shift from like, okay, I'm not going to do the single family anymore. I'm going to go over to like some more commercial stuff. Like, take us through that journey.
1: Well, it was a lot about education. As I learned more, I realized that multifamily um, apartment complex are just a whole lot safer in so many respects, from the types of loans you get to your vacancies. And, and it's really a way to scale much faster. It is slow to buy one house at a time. Uh, you know. That's one unit at a time. You can buy an apartment complex. It's maybe 25 units all in one go, right? So it's a much faster way to scale if uh if you have a house and that tenant moves out and let's say they do some damage and it takes you a while to get a new person in there that's zero percent occupancy in the meanwhile right so that's you're not covering your mortgage payments if you have a couple of tenants move out of a 25 unit apartment complex you hardly notice that right and and it's just kind of baked in you know there's always going to be some turnaround some vacancy but it's very hard to go all the way down to zero vacancy, where you just can't cover any of your costs. So safer from that perspective, safer from the perspective of, you can usually get a non-recourse loan, meaning if something goes terribly wrong and you default on that loan, if they they can foreclose on the property and take the property, but they can't come after you and all your other assets. They can't come after my personal home, my car, my other investments, they can only take that property. So that makes it a lot safer lawsuits you're protected against because you're in LLCs all the time, Um, just a, a lot of things. And again, scaling, just huge on scaling. And you can control the value of those properties. So you can force appreciation and make them increase in value so much faster. Whereas with a single family home, you're kind of at the mercy of your neighborhood. Uh, what, um, the market says right now, how people, how hot the market is and how many people want to go in there. Cause it's all based on appraisal. It's not based on the income of the property.
0: Okay. And so you said it's like faster scale. Um, I would like to hear from you. I would like to hear you talk about like, like was the single family aspect, like, was it frustrating or was it just too slow? Like, did you have to deal with tenants? Like, what was that like? And you're like, you know what? i want to move a little bit faster what was the mindset around that
1: yeah so it is definitely um can be more frustrating and more work it is fairly expensive to get a property manager for single family homes now if they're all very close to each other more collected you might be able to get a good deal but most of the time you're going to be paying a lot of your profits to that property manager right with an apartment complex, you're also going to get a property manager, but you're usually paying a lot smaller percentage. All the tenants are in one place. It's much easier. If you get large enough, you have on-site management, which can be really nice. But there's very few people, unless they just own one and maybe live close by, very few people manage, do the day-to-day management of an apartment complex on their own. For the most part, you're turning it over to a professional manager. And that means you're more hands off. It's more of a passive investment. And that means you can scale more because you're not busy managing all those tenants. And yes, single family homes (laughs) were frustrating. I've I've had some wonderful tenants. I've had some that have been in place, you know, 11 years. Um, But then we had some nightmare properties where it was constant turnaround, constant con men coming in and out of there. I've had people threaten my life. I've had people with... um, felony warrants out for their arrest despite all the screening we did all the background screens the um the uh, really talented felons out there will say they know how to get around all of that they know how to get fake ids and social security numbers and all that kind of stuff so even when you're doing all your due diligence they they can get in there and then you have a heck of a time getting them out
0: yeah, I, I agree. And I understand. And one of the things that I, I normally tell people is like um, it's not exactly the same. But I always tell people like bullies are smart because they know who to target. That's they right. know exact. They never mess with somebody that they can't like defeat in a way. And that is similar in a sense, like these fun and these people, they're smart. They figure out, OK, who can I take advantage of typically? Yep. And, yep. Um, yeah. So that's my analogy there. All right. So mm-hmm. it's like, look. The single family stuff is frustrating. I want to go and I want to like, I want to deal with some other problems, right? I want to deal with problems where it's like, okay, how can I make this move faster? So can you take, can you take us through your, like your first deal, like how that came about? And uh, what are some key things that you remember doing that first commercial deal?
1: Uh, yeah, so that's, you know, it's a whole other ball game. So you got to do your homework, do some reading, listen to some podcasts, get to know the lingo, because now you're going to deal with sophisticated brokers and they're going to try to feel you out immediately to see if you know what you're talking about. So if you use the word mortgage, for example, instead of debt services, immediately they know you're a newbie and they don't want to talk to you. Um, unlike with residential, they don't have to present your offer to the seller they can choose their job is to find the most qualified person to buy that property and to only present those offers because they want to make sure they're going to close usually your close time could be 45 90 days they don't want to get to that point have you not closed, and the property has been held up all that time so they want to make sure they're getting some really qualified buyers so they're vetting you very carefully so you need to know the lingo And you need to know, you need to have proof of funds. You need to go into it really well-versed or you go into it as a passive investor and you skip all that and let somebody else do all that work.
0: What would you recommend for somebody that's like, I want to do, like, I want to do commercial because I heard Maria and she's talking about how frustrating, like some of the single family and residential stuff is, right? Single family, residential, commercial. Like, what would you tell somebody? Like, what is the first thing they should be doing to get involved in the beyond education? Right. What's the first thing they should be doing to get involved in commercial multifamily?
1: Start networking with other people who do that. Learn from them, um, because there's so many things I wish I would have known before I jumped in that I could have learned from those people. So go to your local RIAs, anywhere where you find multifamily investors. They usually have advanced groups that can get you into those. Join masterminds. Um, and, and just and listen to podcasts where they like you, where they're interviewing people say, like, what are your biggest mistakes? What do you wish you would have known? Because that's where you're going to learn that kind of stuff. So that's super important. And then the other thing you can do is invest passively as limited partner in, in like a large syndication and say, Hey. If I invest with you, will you let me peek behind the curtain? Will you let me see how this actually goes down? Because it is a very different process from single-family homes. And I'll also tell your listeners, you don't have to go the single-family home route and then graduate into commercial real estate. I wish someone would have told me from the get-go I could have skipped all that and gone straight to commercial real estate because you really can. You have to learn everything anew anyway because it's a different game. So you might as well learn the thing that's going to be more profitable. Your returns on investment are way higher. Your headaches are less. So, I mean, if you can go there directly, go there directly.
0: What if they were like, what if they like want to talk to you? They're like listening to the podcast or they're watching a video on social media. What if they're like, I like Maria's perspective. How can I like contact her or maybe someone from her team? How would that? Yeah,
1: yeah. BlueVikingsCapital.com. Blue Vikings with an S on the Vikings. BlueVikingsCapital.com, it has all the links to all my social media. I've got tons of videos on there. There's a place to set up a call with me. So I I love to talk to to people who are getting into this realm. And, uh, yeah, and I, I let people invest with me and peek behind the curtain as well. So that's a possibility as well.
0: Okay. Can you tell us about uh, – so you done, you're doing a commercial and you're enjoying yourself in a commercial multifamily. Can you tell us about your least favorite deal? And then your uh, most favorite deal.
1: Okay. Okay. Least favorite would be a 12 unit property I bought in Dade City, Florida. Um, You know, they say it's all about location, location, location. You can fix anything else, but you can't fix your location. Yeah. That one was the wrong location. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, it's not that Dade City is bad. It's the part of Dade City that I bought it in. Um, So We've had a lot of tenant issues there. And then in addition to buying in the wrong place, and this is the learning curve, right? So um, in addition to buying in the wrong place, I also hired the wrong property manager. So I, I I fell for what some property management companies will do. And you need to be careful with this if you're new to this game. Um, they send you out the guy you think you're going to be working with. And, and he's really just a very... Um, smooth talker polished yes polished yes. smooth talker salesperson and he's not uh-huh. going to be your property manager at all yes he's the person you call when you have issues and he passes along to somebody but yeah. he's not the person that's on the ground so once i figured that out when i interviewed new property managers i was like i want to talk to the person that's gonna be on the ground i, I need to know that person i want to know where they live i want another 10 minutes or closer to my property i you know Because it turned out the guy who was actually looking after my property was over an hour away. Let me tell you how much attention my property got. And I told you it was already in a location that wasn't the greatest. So we already hated going there. And now you got to convince them to drive two hours round trip to go there. So, I mean, these are all, you know, escalating factors. So I had to get to somebody. I had to find a new property manager who loved problems. And love trying to fix problems because okay. we got lots and lots of problems. <laughs> uh,
0: I want to, I want to ask you a question about that because that's something I find that people don't, um, I think put enough attention on, it's like personality styles and personality types. So um, I would like to hear your perspective. I'm going to ask you a question first, and then you can expand if, if it's not clear. But uh, so personality type, that's like huge for me, like in, the industry, in our industry, I'm like this, certain personality types belong in certain roles. And that's just the reality of it, right? So yeah. from your perspective, right, the property management company, they're like, hey, you're going to talk to this guy, very smooth talker, everybody likes him, but it's like, does he really do anything? Then you got like the the person that's going to be handling your property. So is there a distinct difference between those personality types? And like, what is your perspective? Like, do you, you like, like, I want to hear what you have to say about that. So.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you're looking for someone who doesn't mind getting down and dirty, right? And who doesn't get easily frazzled by tenants and all their drama because tenants are going to have drama and um you know don't get sucked in by all that and lots of experience with it and then if you're doing a particular sector let's say you're doing section eight let's say you're doing high-end class a you know there's there's very different personalities that go along with your tenants in those two different sectors, right? So you want someone who's used to doing exactly what you've got. Because you know, you're at one of these fancy class A properties, they probably want valet garbage service, and every little thing that's wrong, they're going to be calling you, they want perfection, right. And um, the other place they may just have bigger issues of other things. And so you just need someone who can cater to the audience that is your tenants, you want your residents to be happy, so you don't have a lot of turnover. That's the number one thing is turnover. That's the most expensive cost you can ever have. So you want to keep those residents happy. They're your customers. So customers always right, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: Um all right. Thank you for sharing that. So I just I like the personality thing because they like everybody's mm-hmm. like, you can do it, everybody can do this and no, that's not right. Like certain no. personalities fit well in certain roles. Uh, now tell us about your your favorite deal and tell us why that was your, your favorite deal.
1: Um, I guess my favorite one was my favorite syndication. So um, it wasn't a property that I found. It was somebody I that's met at one of these networking um, deals who was overloaded with work, which is very common in the syndication work. It is hard, hard work. <laughs> to be a syndicator um which for your audience in case they don't know what syndication means it yeah. just means a, a bunch of uh people pool their funds to come up with the down payment to buy something much larger than they could ever buy on their own so your biggest partner of course is the bank they're bringing 70 to 80 percent of the cash and then you pool funds with other people and it can be any regular person people think you have to be some multimillionaire to own a apartment complex. And you don't, it can be, you know, I think our investments start at like $25,000. So yeah. So you just pull those funds to buy something bigger. So this particular guy was very overloaded. He was um, responsible for several different properties in addition to all his investors. And so I just said, Hey, how can I help? What can I take off your shoulder? He says, well, I have this new great deal, but I don't have time to find the investors for it and put out the quarterly reports and, you know, be, be at their service for whatever they need, because those investors all become owners in that apartment complex, right? It's not like when you invest in in many other things where you just, um, you know, you, you invest in a bond, right? You don't own the bank for example, so this is they actually have owner, they want some say they wanna know what's happening all the time, right? And that's, that's just a lot of people to be accountable for. So I came in and helped him with that. And so it's my favorite because I learned the most going through it with him and he was very uh, mentoring, um, really helped me through the process, learned all the software, all the documents, all the legal aspects, how to talk to people about these investments. And I really loved the property. It was in North Carolina. It was just a gorgeous property. So it was fun to be involved with something bigger. And it was 110 units, which was bigger than anything I had done at the time. So that was just, um, yeah, it was a great learning experience. And the property ended up performing wonderfully. Um, we overshot our our performance even the very first quarter out the gate. So that was that was an extra cherry on top.
0: Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So, uh, tell us in like like in your journey, right? What you're what you're doing. Tell us like a common myth that you've experienced. Like you're like "Eh, that's not correct. That's not true. That's like it's the common myth. Yeah,
1: that this is
0: easy. This is easy. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah,
1: yeah. Or you know, it's it's not that it's it's overly complicated. It's it's not rocket science. It's just hard work. You got to have grit. You got to be willing to get up at 5 a.m. every day and work as late as it takes every night. Um, It's on, on this side of it. You know, the limited partners, they just put in their money, sit on the beach, sipping a margarita and collect their checks. But for those of us who are managing the properties, finding the deals, finding the investors and making sure everybody gets great returns on their investment, that's hard work. That does not happen on its own.
0: Absolutely. So uh, we talked about personalities a little bit earlier, but can you tell me, like, from your perspective, what's like the most important personality trait or the most important strength that you need to like thrive in what it is that you're doing?
1: Uh, willingness to take action every day. Just have to be a very action-oriented individual. It is really easy to get stuck in analysis paralysis. You never feel like you know enough, but you gotta get out there. You gotta get out there and meet people. You gotta get out there and make offers. You gotta get out there and meet potential investors. You gotta, you gotta just take action every single day. So, yeah.
0: Thank you. What is one piece of advice you would give someone that's just starting out?
1: Get in the right rooms. Get in the rooms with the people who are a step above you And when you get to be the smartest person in the room, move to the next room.
0: Okay. And get in the right rooms, right? And what's interesting is like 2020 came, right? That's where we had like COVID. And we used to network a lot. And then like that kind of changed things. And then we have like Zoom. And then we got in-person. And we got like two different things. So is there a difference in like how to get in the right rooms between Zoom and in-person? Is one more powerful and more potent than the other? I want to hear your perspective on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons to both. I mean, to make really good personal connections, I still think you need to be in person. Okay. But the nice thing about zoom is I can now hop on a real estate uh, meetup in Texas, in California in Hawaii, right? Like that would have been very expensive to get on a plane and do that all the time. But maybe the right room for me is somewhere outside my state. And now I can do that more easily. Um, virtual conferences, that's a thing now, right? So, I mean, I, I just presented a three-day virtual conference and I'm like, is this really gonna have the same thing because you're not work- networking between sessions and whatnot. I had a ton of people reach out to me after that because there's a lot of people who still aren't comfortable getting in big crowds and attending those uh, in-person conferences. So you're reaching a different audience. So um, yeah, it's, it's there's pros and cons to both. I still really like person to person. I'm just that kind of person, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's still my favorite, but you just can't do it all the time.
0: Okay. And so you said you just did, like, a conference. You did some speaking. Uh, was that, like, in person? Was that virtual?
1: Uh, this was a virtual one. So this was okay. a virtual um it was for passive investors specifically okay. who were learning how to select good deals and all that kind of stuff. And I have a course called How to Maximize Your Returns as a Passive Investor. Okay. So I was talking about that a little bit, um, but I'm doing an in-person presentation tonight at one of our local real estate meetups for uh, people getting into multifamily for the first time. So I do a little bit of both. I try to nice. to, to speak to people in all, all avenues.
0: Okay, and I want to hear more about your course. But I want to set it up in a way where we transition right into like being passive, right? So we kind of stopped in the middle We're in syndication, which is like more active, and then it's time to go to like passive. So like, are you do you understand what I'm trying to do? It's like, all right, tell us how to get passive, and like, you know, help the court, like help us understand like how the course can help people learn to be passive in real estate.
1: Right. Right. So um, passive in this way is, you know, if you want to be an apartment complex owner, but you don't want to do all the work, you can still get huge returns. I mean, all my investors get 12% or more, generally speaking. So and I I doubt if you're looking at your single family home portfolio, I doubt you have very many that are producing 12% or more every year. That's that's hard to do on a small scale like that. So you can do less work and get a higher return on investment. So, but it is important that you know who to get involved with, what markets to get involved with, what assets are going to do well. If we are looking at a recession, what are some recession proof assets? So you do need to do some homework. So the work is on the front end, but once you own the property, once you're in that deal, there's nothing left for you to do. So that's the big difference. It's not like you can just do nothing, but you have to get to know various syndicators, various deal sponsors. They can be called general partners too. There's all this terminology, right? But you need to get in the rooms with those people and find someone that you get to know well and that you like and that you feel you can trust with your money because that's that's the thing. You you got to turn it over to somebody else and trust somebody else to do a good job. Kind of like turning something over to a property manager, right? You got to trust they're gonna take care of that investment of yours. So it's it's similar in that respect. So you need to have a good Good team that's behind that property, and so that's very important. Growing markets, or at least stable markets, never a decreasing market. Even if the deals can look really good, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how cheap the property is to buy if you can't find tenants for it, right? So, absolutely.
0: Can you tell us? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the course, how we can find it, and some of the things included?
1: Yeah, so it's part of Legacy Academy, and it's launching in well, it's launching in May, and here we are in May. Look at that um so i don't know exactly which day in may it's launching but it's part of legacy academy so you can look up legacy academy and it's like a a membership platform i think it's like 995 a month and you have access to just tons of courses on real estate so whatever plethora you think you might want to get into i think there's even courses on coaching and um all everything if you want to uh mobile home parks or RV parks or something like that. There's courses on that. There's courses on flipping, wholesaling, everything else. And there's a lot of multifamily. There's courses on legal structures. But so you have access to all the courses that are in there, not just my course, if you subscribe to Legacy Academy. So that's where the course can be found.
0: All right. Thank you. And uh, one of the things that you said that i like to uh, try to help people understand is like you said passive. And passive means like you got to let go. You got to let some let some trust go. So can you help, like what's your best advice on how people can like let go and like just be passive?
1: Yeah, I I say start small, test it out, see how you feel about it. Um, Some people are real control freaks. (laughs) Sorry to say that, but I mean, it's not going to be a good fit for them. If you want to be involved with every step of the way, that's not where you're going to have to go. But really to scale at any level, you're going to have to trust some people along the way. So, so, you know, let's say you have, I don't know, $200,000 to invest. Don't put all of that $200,000 into one deal. You know, you're going to freak out every single day. Put $50,000 in four deals or something like that with maybe different sponsors or at least different markets or different properties. Find out what you like, because you may not even know about some investment opportunities out there. But if you put a few out there, then others tend to come to you like, hey, did you know about this? Did you know you can invest in this? And so you might be mad at yourself if you put everything all in one thing and then something else comes along. Right. So I'd say try out some different niches, some different markets and see what really appeals to you Um, and know what you want. Are you after? a lot of income right away you want a lot of cash flow right now or do you want the big payout when the property sells so that's going to determine what type of market you get into something that appreciates fast you're going to be paying a heavier price on the front end so it's going to cash flow less at first but when you sell you're going to get way more money, right? So it's it's a matter of knowing what you need, what your goals are. So that's why you should set up a, a conversation with the sponsors and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Um, are you investing in your retirement account? A lot of people don't even know they can self-direct a lot of their retirement funds, and they don't have to just put them in the stock market. Heck, you can buy gold bars, put them under your pillows if you self-direct, right? Um, but you could be doing that. So are you investing for retirement? Um, do you have a business with other passive income that you need to offset you need good tax write-offs real estate's wonderful for that but then you probably want something with high depreciation so you want to start asking questions like are you doing cost segregation where i can get bonus depreciation so there's so many things to consider that's why i do recommend taking a course or really talking to somebody about it and figure out your goals and what's going to benefit you the most
0: and um so one of the things I like to do, like people are like, okay, where do I start? Where do I go? And I like to give people a direction, right? So go take a course, go talk to a person. let's It's like, let's go, let me take Maria's course. Let me talk to Maria. So again, tell us how we can get in touch with you for Blue consultation
1: Vikings, services Yeah. Okay. com Just hit the, you know, set up a call with me button or, um, you know, check out the videos or any of the free information on there. I have a guide there that your um, listeners might like. It's a guide to passive investing in apartment complex. It's completely free to download. And that's a really good place to start.
0: Okay. Thank you. So now it's time for, uh, it's time to, right? You're giving all the value. And like this question is meant to stop my guests, but it's in a good way. Right? So, um, and the story is I was like, because i you I understand rears and speakers, I was like running an event and the speaker came on and he was like, okay, what else can I do for you all? And he was like, I was like, nothing. And I was like, what can we do for you? And he was like, nobody ever asked me that question. I was like, wow, that's, that's interesting. So, um, I embedded that into my pockets and I like to ask the guest that question twice. And, um, I'm giving you the story. So maybe you don't get stumped. Uh, the question is how can someone add immediate value to you or your business? like immediate short-term value, like quick, like, oh, that's a really good one. I appreciate that. A,
1: a really simple thing people can do is look up my nonprofit Valhalla Villas on Facebook uh-huh. and give that page a like, cause it's just launched on Facebook not that long ago. And, uh, we're trying to get some people to donate, trying to get some grants. It's a foundation to provide housing for autistic adults. And so we really, um, just need to get some traction on that. So Valhalla. Villas. If you go to Facebook and just click that page, or you can go to ValhallaVillas.org, that's our website, and there'll be a link to it there either way. But uh, it's just a real simple thing to do. It takes you one second to just go go click like on that. So when uh, our grant applications, when they start looking us up, they see that some people like our page, and hopefully they will help us get some grant funds. So if you want to make a donation, that's wonderful. A lot of people would appreciate that, but I would be grateful just for the like.
0: Okay, I gave you a like and just like a quick tip, you could probably have someone run a like campaign on it for you to get some some traction going.
1: I don't even know what that is, but I will look at it.
0: Yeah, Um, I'm running one right now for like my book. And basically, like Facebook will advertise your page to audiences so you can get more likes and more engagement to your Mm -hmm. page. And it's really inexpensive. So um, yeah, like this is my way to try to give back to my guests. It's like, this is Thank why I question to see if I can figure it out. So I did give you a like and a follow on Valhalla Villas. And uh, you have that piece of advice too. You can just like run a like campaign and anybody that understands like advertising or Facebook should know, okay, if you put $50 in like right now, I'm running a campaign and it's like 72 cents per like, and it's growing my, my page. It, it varies. Like they might, you might get better because it's nonprofit. So I would, try to run like a like campaign uh the next question thank you yeah the next question is very similar it is a uh it's very similar and it's how can someone add long-term value to you or your business
1: long-term value um well i mean i always need assistance with things um through like blue vikings capital right i get overload like everybody else so if somebody wanted to get involved with that or if they wanted to volunteer with Valhalla Villas, we need to do some fundraising. If somebody out there has fundraising experience and wants to get involved with a really great cause, we are fundraising to buy the land to build a whole new community exclusive for people with autism where they have all the services they need. So we have um, grant possibilities to, to build the actual building. Like Florida Housing will will provide funds for almost the entire building, but you got to have the land first. So we're raising money to purchase the land.
0: Okay. I have two resources for you on the spot for that. The first one is a, um, I would have to get you a link, but I'll I'll let you email me. It's called, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like commercial networking. It's a commercial networking event and it's a bunch of commercial people and they come there and it's like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm trying to do. I don't know what to call it, but his name is George Roberts. He was a podcast guest and he runs it every week consistently. And it's a bunch of commercial people. They come together and figure out, okay, This is what I need. So that's one resource. I don't know exactly what the name is, but I'll get that to you. Second resource, I'm doing a presentation later at 12 p.m. for a company, Advanta IRA. You ever hear of them? No. Advanta IRA, you you understand retirement accounts. So they run an event called Pitch, Promote, and Prosper. And it's similar. It's a networking event. And what they do is, you know, you come to network and you come to pitch or promote your product or what it is that you're looking for. They run their event every other Friday. So I think it just happened Friday, but you can check. I'll get you a link to that as well. I just got to like, you know, after this one, I got a call, but that's another resource for you to go. You could probably raise capital or build some strategic partnerships. Those are two really good resources and you'll meet with those high powered commercial people. And I think that will help you with those two goals that you're,
1: uh, Wonderful. Too. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that.
0: You're welcome. So uh those are two good resources for you. And we got about seven minutes left. So I want to get to what I like to call uh the closing table, right? Because we're in real estate. Oh, let's get to the closing mm-hmm. table. So the closing table is uh the questions are, let me see. First question, what are three books that you recommend to the audience and why?
1: Um I really love Vivid Vision by okay. K uh, Cameron Harold, I believe it is. Um, but it basically lets you really paint out where you're going. And okay. then you say yes to everything that takes you in that direction and no to everything else. Right. Cause there's a lot of, um, squirreling going on, you know, a lot of shiny object syndrome. So I really yeah. like that. Um, what's another one that I really like? Oh gosh, I read so many books. Of course there's a the purple book that everybody reads. So <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. Rich that dad, purple poor, dad. Rich dad yeah. poor dad. Yeah. I mean, that really is a starter for for everybody. And then um, I guess if you're looking at uh, getting into property management, there's, um I think it's called apartment, uh, property management. Crap, now I, I blanked out. Property management for apartment complexes. I think it's just sim- simple like that. But um, it, it goes through all the problem type of property managements, like worst case scenarios. This person like picked up all the scariest properties you could ever think of. So he has faced every issue there is. But it makes everything else seem really easy when you see how they get through those big problems. So I really like that book.
0: Okay. Thank you. Uh, what is one question you wish I had asked you and how would you have answered?
1: One question I wish you would have asked me and how would I have answered? So... Um, how can you serve special needs families? So this is something that's near and dear to my heart. So I actually have a Facebook group called Bright Future. It's a special needs community. It's actually titled that way. And uh, that is where we run webinars on how to set up things for your special needs kids. So um, setting up wills, special, um, special needs trusts, Uh, setting up your guardianship, all those kinds of things that really need to be lined up well. And then if you have real estate assets, putting them all under that trust so that if something happens to you that those kids are taken care of and there's no probate. Um, My grandmother passed away about two years ago and we're still in probate on that. So imagine if your child didn't have access to any funds for two years um, and they have all those costs, right? Uh, they're very dependent on you. So it helps with that kind of stuff. And um, and we also have the option for people to invest in these autistic housing projects. Those are properties that will never be sold. So you can put that in a trust and pass that on to your heirs, and they will have income coming from that for their entire lives. So that's a, a nice way to protect them and provide for them after you're gone as well.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And I understand the probate situation. I understand it because we're going through that. My mom passed. She passed suddenly and it's tough. I just published a book on that called The Probate Journey because oh. it is interesting. It is very interesting, yes. but you have to go through and probate and emotions get involved and siblings. It's like very, very interesting. So,
1: Well, I would love a link to that book to share with the group because I don't think people understand exactly what a nightmare that can be. So I would love to promote your book
0: through sure, that website Sure, sure, will do um i would um and you know what you know something i do like i um i, I don't know if i have a foreword for it yet so i would i would be happy to have you contribute a foreword to it talking about your history your background and stuff like that i can like update it and add that foreword to it so i
1: would love to, yeah. I'd love to. it's a yeah. it's
0: a brand new journey for me and uh it's like not brand new but it's very interesting you learn some very interesting stuff uh according to Pro 8, so I appreciate you. Um, I will get you those links. So my last question is, I got this from another guest. Her name is Dewan. And Dewan was like, I always give my guests, I don't like them to end with a closing statement. I give them one closing word. So I adapt to her same philosophy. And I say, if you could close us down with one word, what would that word be? One
1: word. Um, Generosity.
0: Generosity. And tell us why.
1: I just have an abundance mindset. When you okay. give, it comes back.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And um, so uh, I appreciate you for being here. Uh, we got like five minutes until your heart stop. I'm going to close this down. And I want you to, uh, can you stay on so I can see if I can get you those links like right away? All right. All right. Maria, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I really appreciate you. And I apologize for my technical glitches, but we got, we worked through it. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Really appreciate Absolutely. you having me.
0: All right.